Banged up Hawks lose to Hornets 122-99. to Welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am your host, Tim Ogles, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mikey Kabrinsky, where we talk everything Hawks. Let's go! Alrighty, so well, we're going to start this one out by saying Mikey's sick, um, we have a good friend of the show, Chris Parks, that's going to be filling in for Mikey. And, uh, you know, we're wishing Mikey uh, well. Hopefully he can get back soon. Um, but, Chris, going into this game, the Atlanta Hawks, hey, you know, I'm just going to give you my over point view. Got blown out. It seems like they packed up their bags early. Um, they were ready for all-star weekend, ready for the long break. And it definitely showed in this one. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I kind of tweeted the same thing, more or less, that, like, nobody wants to get to the beach and, like, have a bunch of, like, like skint-up knees and diving on the floor. You can't get in the, in the water. So, it felt like these dudes were thinking about their, like, room service orders, like, while they're out there instead of closing out on defense. It was, uh, it was hard to watch. I mean, it, it's expected, but, yeah, that was tough. Yeah, and, you know, something I wanted to bring up is, you know, normally Mikey hits us with some crazy stats, so I got some for you right here. Um, the Hawks shot 23.7% from three in this game when the Charlotte Hornets shot 40% from deep. The Hawks had 16 turnovers, and, the like, the two back-breaking stats in this whole thing is the points in the paint – uh, Charlotte had 52. The Hawks only had 42. But the fast break, the fast break points are slap disgusting. And Charlotte had 21. The Hawks had two. Um, yeah, I, I don't think uh, you're going to win many games like that. Yeah, I think when Quinn's talking about guys kind of quitting almost in the presser. That's kind of what he's talking about, especially the fast break points. Like, that was something that they were really emphasizing coming into the season, forcing turnovers, playing up at the, the point of the screen and getting out and running and using their speed. And I don't think you saw anybody open it up. Um, I love watching Jalen run. And that was a game where you just – we were not kind of playing with an advantage uh, in the other team's backcourt. Yeah, and this one, man, to be honest with you, um, it's one of those things where uh, I don't know if we'll be doing too, too much breakdown like me and Mikey normally do. Um, th this one, man, like the numbers stick out so far that it's kind of going to be redundant, uh, definitely in the third and fourth quarter to go over some of this stuff. But, you know, we will co go over some of the highlight stuff in the first. I felt like in the first, you know, Bogey and, and Hunter both were phenomenal again in back-to-back -back games. Um, we saw against Chicago, Bogey and Hunter completely take over that game and really put their staple on it. Unfortunately, the Hawks were unable to win that game as well. And, you know, for 
for the Hawks, it's great to see them doing well off the bench, but it's like the the starters are in a giant lull. You know what? What's your opinion on you know what's going on with the bench scoring? Be, be you know being so great, and it seems like the starters definitely Dejounte and Trey have struggled over these last couple. Well, it's there's might be some fatigue to it. I think there's some players that are burnt out. I know Hunter missed a month, so I know he's honestly looks as aggressive as he's ever been. Um, every time he steps on the floor, I think he just kind of appreciates being out there right now and wants to go as hard as he can no matter what. Um, Bogey is just kind of that constant professional. He's a NBA player, right? That's the guy that any team brings in, you know what you're getting. I think from the other guys, you got some young players that had a really rough uh, couple months. I think December, losing Hunter and Jalen for all that time. You saw a lot of guys have their minutes uptick, and we, there was a tangible hit to everyone's numbers in January. They We had some shooting slumps. Um, some guys were down. Um, we saw that come rebound a little bit um, recently, but then coming into this break, I think you just saw a team that was mentally kind of ready to, to, to nap almost. They, they, these guys just really, I think I, I tweeted a few times, this team needed the all-star break as much as anybody. They've, they've dealt with a lot this season in terms of adversity, injuries, um, player absences, sicknesses. Um, and, and it's a young team. And this is like their, a lot of these guys first real marathon as the guys, and that can be taxing. And I think we saw that really hit them. Uh, we saw them hitting the wall, I think. Yeah, and, you know, to kind of, you know, I guess close out the first quarter, um, it was 31-29. The Hawks actually had the lead in this game to begin with. Um, Jalen Johnson, in his minutes, I thought, you know, besides three-point shooting, and uh, he was still hesitant, you know, three-point shooting, I I felt like, you know, he – um, made it a mission in this game to get to the rim. And, and I thought in the first half, he did a really good job of doing that. And in the second half, maybe it could be also the deficit, you know, going through the third and fourth where, you know, he had to be more uh, conscious of shooting threes for the Hawks to kind of claw their way back into this game. But uh, it just seemed like his aggressive, uh, aggressiveness kind of went away in the third and fourth. You know, what? what's something you've seen from Jalen that's really, you know, kind of perked your eye up over the last couple of weeks? Uh, I think Jalen is trying to expand his game. Um, I think everyone loves Jalen dunking. I love to watch Jalen dunk. I love to see him dunk. But I think he knows that he needs to try to get fouled. He needs to try to find easier ways to score than always. He's not going to always be able to get to that spot to launch off of. And you've seen him try to get deeper into his bag with his floaters and some layups and really try to figure out ways to get to the rim. Um, I, I think he lost confidence in his jump shot a little bit in that game. Um, his, the rhythm was just kind of off for him. You saw him kind of pump fake and unintentionally almost a few times before going up. And that he's when he was on, he was, a, he was shooting in rhythm, um, just pulling up at the beginning of the season. And we've seen his three-point numbers come down. He's actually back around 34% on the season. So he's come back down to earth. Uh, he played 38 minutes, though. So I think a lot of it is just Jalen is 
the guy almost um, defensively. We're putting a lot on him right now, and it's you can almost see it on his face that he's he's giving it his all, but it's definitely taxing. Yeah, and something we I, I forgot to bring up in the very beginning of this game is the inactive for the Atlanta Hawks in this game. A.J. Griffin was out, Clint Capella, Seth Lundy, Mohamed Gay, Trent Forrest, Wesley Matthews, and Patty Mills was a DMP, but Anyeka Okongwu goes down with a big toe sprain. And the Hawks are already a small team. And without your two best centers, the Hawks had to start Bruno Fernando. Bruno struggled in this game, too. I mean, it wasn't where he was, you know, somewhat. You know how you have like those games where Bruno could be like, he's okay. You know what I'm saying? He's not hurting the team, not helping the team really, but he, you, you can get away with it. But in this game, you couldn't. Uh, guys like Brandon Miller, um, they were just bullying him. And, you know, he, he got in foul trouble early. I want to say he got his uh, third foul at like the seven-minute mark in the second quarter. It was one of those things where the Hawks were just doomed. And Jalen was tasked with playing the five. Um, and that's not ideal. Definitely gets a team like Charlotte who has – you know, bigger guys like Brandon Miller. You have Nick Richards. Um, Grant Williams is, is no slouch when it comes to getting inside. You got Davis Bertans. Like, those guys can give you fits inside with their size. And it just it, – it, you know, with the Hawks being down those two guys, it was going to be an uphill fight to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, I think when you're – rim protectors are out it's almost like when your teacher is sick and you got to substitute and it's just kind of every like all heck breaks loose in the classroom people are just doing whatever they want and when you don't have clint you don't have on the other team comes in kind of with the mindset like we're going to be able to get to the rim this game and let's do it right let's be aggressive let's get our rebounds let's try to block these guys because it's the smaller players. Um, they they all kind of felt like they have a matchup advantage over us. And you could really see the Hornets never really lost confidence in that game. They kind of always just kept plugging away. Um, we couldn't really slow them down. I think I was looking at the highlights and it was just, you could almost feel it even just in the highlights that we were not able to get stops when they were finishing. Our guys were like, oh man, the body language wasn't there. Like the Hornets really just out physical to us. Um, Bruno tried his mightiest in the beginning. Uh, there was a dunk attempt where I think he tried to break the backboard almost, and the ball flew about 100 feet in the air, uh, didn't go through the rim. But the thing about Bruno is he's an effort guy, and you want to keep that effort about 10, 12 minutes a game. But when he's out there for half the, half the night, that he's just getting exposed, um, overly exposed in a role that he's not really cut out for. Um, and he's going to be put in situations that he can't really uh, succeed in. So it, 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 it was a bad, uh, bad setup for the Hawks, missing all your bigs, um, missing some guards. And, and, and the, the guys on your bench, your coach doesn't really have confidence in them just yet. So you got the benches as short as ever. Um, Jalen is up to 38 minutes. And I think you could tell that he had played 38 minutes by the end of that one. Yeah, and um, 
with with Bruno going out, Charlotte ends up building a 61-55 lead going into halftime. And to be honest with you, Charlotte really never looked back. This league got down to seven in the third. But, you know, something that's like this is nasty too. So the Hawks only scored two minutes or two points until the seven-minute mark in the third quarter. Um, those kind of big offensive lulls, I mean, they you're out of the game. Like, yeah. But the Hawks still find a way to cut it to seven at 78, 78-75. Uh, and it just didn't seem like the Hawks ever had enough gas to kind of close this out. And, you know, going into the fourth, it was just a blowout. Like mm-hmm. you had garbage time minutes where, you know, guys weren't hustling. Nobody's closing out. Charlotte was getting everything they wanted. It was just, it was frustrating to watch as a fan, but also it's still understandable getting ready for all-star weekend. Yeah, I think uh, there's a popular phrase on Hawks Twitter that's come about as like the fake comeback, right? Because this team is, is so great at scoring because of the shooters and Trey, their ability to really just like go from zero to 100 almost out of nowhere um, when the second bogey slips on the floor that they can reel off nine points and get right back in a game. But those comebacks are really tiring. And this is a team that has been doing that all season. I've talked about this. Like they've been running, like they've been running a short rotation. These guys have been uh, being overextended with their minutes. And when you're constantly trying to come back, it is just so tiring. And then this team didn't have any of that last night to really put in that extra effort to complete the comeback. They like flashed a little bit, but I think you said they started the third quarter with a lull. They ended the third quarter with a lull. They only scored like a couple points within the last two and a half minutes of the quarter. Uh, it was just a team that they, they were having issues getting downhill. Uh, Trey couldn't really get to the free throw line. That's kind of one of his ways to stop runs is Trey's always been really good at that, especially at the end of a quarter. He's been able to get – even if the offense isn't working, Trey will get to the line and get a few shots up. But he only had two free throws for the game. Uh, he had eight threes. I think when Quinn sees Trey only have two, two free throws and eight threes, I think in his mind he was being a little bit too passive. Um, he wants us to take threes, but he also needs these guys to crash, get down, penetrate so that they can draw and kick and make it easier for their teammates and get fouled. And if you're not doing any of that, then you're really just settling for threes. And it's hard to come back that way uh, just just with due to the probability of the shot, man. I mean, 40% is a great three-point shooter, but that means you're missing six out of ten. Man. And, and it's tough to come back when you're missing more than you're making. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Trey's free throws, Trey, Trey didn't take his first free throw into the fourth quarter with about seven minutes to go. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, it, it was um, it was frustrating. I thought the, it was a rough night for the referees as well. It was just one of those things where, you know, the ball just didn't bounce the Hawks' way. But we'll we'll go into the box score right here and kind of go over some stats. I know that's going to be nasty. Uh, a lot of things people you know people don't want to hear. Uh, but we'll we'll go into it. Uh, Vic Creechie and Kobe Bufkin both play garbage time minutes. Uh, Kobe, as soon as he did check in, uh, he inbounded the ball, hit a midi, um, so he had two points. But 
Going into Garrison Matthews, um, 16 minutes, 0 for 3 from the field, all of them being threes, zero points, um, one one steal. Like, Garrison Matthews was – yeah, he was pretty bad in this one. Yeah, just unproductive from him. Uh, you had DeAndre Hunter, though, uh, you had 28 minutes, he, 6 for 12 from the field, 2 for 4 from the 3, uh, 7 from 7 from the free throw line, which was – wild because no one else on the team could get fouled but hunter was so aggressive and i think his size really helped the hawks in that game just having somebody to put in that restricted area and kind of get some contact and he was really productive in his minutes man he came in got him up uh gave us 21 minutes and or 21 points in 28 minutes uh that's really productive uh bogey did his bogey thing uh the hawks started slow in this game and then when bogey subs on the hawks roar back as they usually do and they ended that first quarter with the lead bogey gave us 29 minutes four for nine from th- uh from the field two for five from three uh i would guess those were early <laughs> and not late because the hawks really fell behind uh in the second half of this game but yeah bogey only getting up nine shots is really not a bogey night i think he's much more aggressive than that he only got up five threes. I think that's and especially in the game where we're coming back, you you would expect Bogey to empty the tank. So I think a lot of our guys just mindsets were a little bit uh fouled back. Yeah, and moving into the starters, I'll, I'll go with Sadiq Bay. Uh, 31 minutes, five of thirteen from the field, two of five from deep, two of two from the free throw line. Only four rebounds, one assist. He did have a block in this one, 14 points. Um Sadiq. Um, shot the ball decently from three, um, but he struggled uh, from the field. Uh, normally, I'd like to Sadiq, see Sadiq have more than four rebounds. Um, the block is nice to see, but I felt like Sadiq uh, struggled in this one as well. Yeah, yeah, Sadiq had a rough one. Bruno Fernando uh, was a begrudging starter. I'd, I'd say he probably wouldn't even want to be in that position, uh, knowing what he would have to do. He had he had to give us 26 minutes, which is just something he's not really been asked to do um, this season. Two for five from the field, a couple free throws hit, 12 rebounds. Um, so he was giving us the, the classic Bruno hustle, um, but we were just – he was just out there for a little bit too long. And I think this offense relies on the DHOs and the, the, the screening so much. And those guys have the, the – Onyeka and Capella have rhythm with the ball handlers in a way that Bruno just doesn't. And I think everyone kind of suffered from from him having to play those extended minutes. Yeah, and moving to uh, DeJounte Murray, uh, 31 minutes, 5 of 15 from the field, 1 of 7 from deep, 2 of, uh, for 3 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, um, 13 points. Uh, DeJounte did not shoot the ball very well in this game. Um, it, it was – and to be honest with you, his shots were – a lot of them were contested shots. I felt like, you know, it was one of those things where he was just – you know, DJ likes shooting in the mid-range. And um, with the with Bruno not being able to space the four, guys like Nick Richards, Brandon Miller are all in the paint. And, you know, it made DJ's job uh, – probably twice as hard as they probably should have been. But, you know, if you don't hit them, then, you know, it's unfortunate. So, um, yeah, DJ DJ was rough in this one. 
Yeah, tough, uh, tough night for DJ. But Jalen Johnson uh, kind of shined through a bit. Obviously, he wasn't enough to get us the win, but he did give us a 38 minutes. I mean, the kid left it out there. He played center for us, power forward, whatever forward you want to give him. Uh, it's Jalen. Uh, he was 9 for 18 from the field, 50%. Three-point ball was not falling. Uh, talked about how he was a little hesitant on those. I think he his rhythm was off. He would have much preferred to dunk everything or get layups all night. But without the the, the spacing and the guys out there that they usually have, uh, it was difficult for him to get kind of clean looks at the rim. Uh, but he did give us the, the Jalen 12 rebounds, two blocks, uh, no assists. Um, and only two turnovers, so you, you, you wish he would have been able to move the ball around, but our guys weren't shooting three ball well, and, and Jalen, if he's hitting them for shots and they're not knocking them down, he's not going to have the assist, but he'd give us 19 points, and 19 of 12, I mean, it, it's it's crazy when that doesn't feel like a great night, um, but no, J, Jalen left it out there for us, 100%. Yeah, I, I, I thought Jalen did everything in his will to, you know, play the best he could to kind of close out this game. Um, the 0 for 5, that stinks. But, you know, guys go through slumps. Uh, Sadiq Bay just went through a gigantic slump. So um, I am more than willing to give Jalen Johnson a little bit of time to get that situated. Um, moving to Trey Young, 34 minutes, 4 of 12 from the field, 2 of 8 from deep, 2 for 2 from the free throw line, as we just talked about. Um, two rebounds, 12 assists, only 12 points, uh, four turnovers. Um, Trey, Trey needs to shoot the ball a little bit more efficiently from the three. Um, 12 assists is always nice from Trey. Um, but it felt like uh, in this game, the Hawks needed him to be a little bit more of a scorer with DeJounte not playing as well. And both of, when both of those guys combined for 25 points, um, it's going to be a rough night for the Hawks, and this one definitely was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Hawks can usually bank on a few dunks from Clint, a few dunks from Onyeka. And when you don't have those guys out there that you can really depend on to finish a 90% look, uh, your your stars are now asked to do more. And I think it's difficult when your star is a 6-1 guard, and now he's being asked to uh, – finish efficient shots at the rim, which is just difficult for guards to do. I mean, that's just the rule. And and Trey uh, didn't have the spacing. He didn't have his screeners. I think that, that kind of throws off the offense. And I think when the pieces weren't there, the guys just kind of felt demotivated. I think they gave it. They're all in the first half. They really did. They had the lead at the end of the first quarter. Um, I think they were only down a little bit at the end of the second quarter, but they had just pushed back to kind of close it. Uh, but then the third, it was just – it felt like they just couldn't get right. And when you're on that tilt, it's really hard to get off that ride. And I think they were just like, man, I really just want to go to the beach right now. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one good way uh, to look at it. So for for me um, – Speaking of All-Star break, let, let's talk about the All-Star break for a second. Um, Trey Young will be making his third All-Star appearance. Um, he was selected as an injury replacement. I, I think that that um, is definitely wrong. Trey Young should have been a starter in this game. 
He was second in guards and votes. Um, I think there's agenda out there against Trey Young, and I don't like it. So, um, but moving on to that, Trey Young's going to play in the All Star game, but also Trey Young's going to participate in the Skills Challenge. Um, what What do you think about this? Will be Trey's first ever Skills Challenge. Uh, I, I like his teammates. Um, yeah. What, yeah, what do you I'll, think about? I was looking at that man. I, he has a really good group. Um, I don't like to give too much love to the guys in the East because they're all rivals, but that boy Maxie can fly. Uh, you got Trey, who might be the most like technically skilled guard in the league. He doesn't have like the superhuman abilities these other, other guys have, but his handle is passing his eye. Uh, and then Scotty Barnes is uniquely skilled for a guy that size. It really is interesting to see him on ball when 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 a big guy is is doing things and making plays for others i love to watch it so i think trey has a, a team that that can win i think the pacers are probably at a bit of, bit of a disadvantage right hallie hallie doesn't have two other all-stars with him he's got two teammates and matherin and turner um and, and miles turner can hit some threes but he's a little more of a rim protector than the guy's gonna hit a bounce pass from 20 feet away through a little target so we'll see how that goes uh, the team top picks. That's a, that. That one is dangerous. That one is dangerous. You got Paolo, Ant Man, and Victor, the alien Wimbenyama. Uh, I don't put anything past Victor. Uh, the first time I saw him, I was shocked. He lived up to everything that everyone said about him, and he just keeps doing crazy things. I saw him do a behind the back pass to a three point shooter last night. So this competition is well within his ability. Uh, so. If anyone's going to give them trouble, I think team top picks, man. They got Ant and, and Victor. That's that's a tough that's a tough matchup. Yeah, when I see Victor hit that James Harden step back last night, I was like, oh, brother, like uh, I, I and we're not going to talk much about Victor, uh, but man, I, I like his game. Uh, I think that um, their their team is going to be really interesting with Ant, but. I don't know about Paulo, uh, Paulo and Passing, yeah, Paulo and Passing, um, Tyrese, yeah. Uh, I was thinking about that if that he don't have his other two teammates in here that he probably really needs. Um, but Trey Young's also participating in another contest. He's participating in the three point contest, and Trey has participated before. He made it to the finals one time. And the first time he lost, um, you know, in the first round, last time he played uh, in the second round, ended up losing the cat. Um, I, I like his odds, though. I mean, you got Damian Lillard, you got Brunson. There's a couple more uh, other guys in there, but, you know, Cat's in there again. Um, but I like Trey's odds. Like uh, Trey is a guy that, you know, they have that starry ball where it sits back a little bit further where you can get extra points. Like I, I hope Trey is in complete launch mode whenever he gets into that. And, you know, it's always fun whenever you have a guy participating in these contests that, uh, you know, is an all-star because, you know, he's out there repping your cities, repping Atlanta. And, you know, it means everything to, to me 
to see him out there doing that. To win one of these contests would be awesome. Definitely, to be honest with you, I'd rather win a contest where he doesn't have teammates, where he's standing on the podium by himself. But uh, I'll, I'll take anything at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, looking at the field, I don't know that there are too many, like, guys that I'm afraid of here. Um, Brunson's having a really good year on catch-and-shoot threes, but unless Julius Randle is kicking it out to him in three-point contest, I don't really know if it's going to work the same. Trey is, was really locked in from three early in this year. I think the the minutes and the injuries and all that kind of maybe messed up with his rhythm a bit down the stretch, but if he gets some nice rest, a, bit, a nice steak in him and maybe some drinks, get, gets relaxed, and go out there on Saturday night and really just let him fly, man. I think Trey has been working on his jump shot as hard as he ever has in his career. I think you could see it the way he was shooting earlier in the year. So I think this would be the year that Trey has a shot to win it. Um, Steph isn't in the competition. He's doing that little special thing with Sabrina, uh, which I don't know if you have a favorite in that. I'm going to go with Steph just because he is a bit of an alien there. Uh, I'm sorry, Sabrina. Good luck. Um, but yeah, Steph Curry is not a normal person, and <laughs> I'm sure he's gonna light you up. But uh, as for the regular three point contest, I don't know if I'm putting my money on Trey, but I do think Trey will make the final group. Um, I think Trey is made for big moments, and I don't think that nerves or anything will be the reason that he loses. So yeah, uh, I mean, always been the component of, like, it depends on how much the guy cares. Like, yeah, it's one thing to be in it, but do you care to win it enough to really put in the the little bit of extra work that you have to to win it? Um, for me, with it being Trey's third time and him being quite frustrated the last time when he thought he had it won, um, I think Trey probably comes out with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, which isn't new for Trey Young at all. Um, so, yeah, I mean, one thing, you know, speaking of Hawks, and I want to ask your opinion on this. What I know the answer. I already know the answer before I ask you. What other Hawk should be in a contest? Uh, there's two of them out there. But there's there's two of them out there, um, but there's one that's just a glaring one. Uh, Jalen Johnson should absolutely be in the dunk contest. He's shown that he can get his head up above the rim. This boy last year in his one of his interviews at the end of the year, it was a little tidbit that I heard, and it just let me know how special he was. He was like, man, I didn't get to do my favorite dunks this year. I was like, wait. He has favorite dunks, and we didn't even get to see those. And the things he was doing were already electric. So I knew this kid was, was made for the competition. I do think the NBA asked him, but he declined. Um, I think that might be because of just how much he's been playing. Man, this kid's – this is basically his rookie year in terms of, like, starts. So and, – and he's been thrust into it, right? It's not like a normal rookie year where you might be capping your minutes like Victor's at 28 a game. Jalen's out there as long as we need him to get dubs. And I think any if anybody on our team needs a, a little week off, it's Jalen. So I'm not mad at him for skipping it this time. Next year, though, no excuses, especially if he's a real all-star. I want him to be an all-star and be in the dunk contest. Uh, the second guy I'm going to assume is uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic, um, the Serbian sniper. He 
should be the three-point contest. I don't know what – I mean, Malik Beasley might be having – I'm, I'm not going to pull up his stats right now, but I know Bogey is up there for six men of the year. Um, I know he was in the top three or five for threes made in the season coming off the bench, which means that boy was getting them up and getting them up efficiently. So it, it, it's a little upsetting that Bogey's not in it, but I'm, honestly, I don't expect him yet to give the Hawks too much love like that, man. They're not going to have too many, too many Hawks at uh, All Star Weekend. They don't want Trey having boys with him to recruit. Yeah. So um, the way that we're going to close this one out is Saturday. We have a space coming up on Sports Ethos's uh, Twitter page. Um, me and Mikey will be running it. We'll have Glenn Willis, uh, Kevin Chenard from ATL and 29. We'll have Tyler Jones. We'll have E-Dub um, from the Hawks pod. Then we'll have um, Wes from Peachtree Hoops. We'll have Tyler Jones. Uh, we'll have Jack Tresh from Hawksology. We might have a couple of extra surprise guests jump by. Um I can't wait. It's going to be Saturday at 2 p.m. Um, it's going to be fun, and I, I hope everybody comes out and joins us. It's going to be, um, you know, one of those roundtables to remember that, you know, these are some of the best Atlanta Hawks content creators out there, and to have them all in one space and, and talk about basketball is going to be something, you know, awesome that we're doing. But – Chris, thank you very much for, for jumping in and filling in for Mikey. It's been a pleasure, you know, talking to you. And, you know, it's uh, it's always fun. So, um, Chris, plug your Twitter real quick um, and uh, make sure everybody's following you um, and, and, you know, can keep up with you and, and what's going on, you know, with you and the day-to-day. Uh, yeah, my Twitter is at Christopher, the S and the T is 21, um, old baseball number. But, yeah, I, uh, I'm i online a lot, so if you earn my mentions, I'll probably reply to you. I, I will. If you come to me with a sincere question, I, I promise you I'll answer it sincerely. Um, I love talking about the Hawks, and uh, as much as this team frustrates me, um, I will be there at seven watching them over and over again. And then in the spaces being yelled at by people <laughs> for, for defending people. I don't even know if I'm defending them, but whatever. That's, uh, yeah. Oh. Me on Twitter. Yeah, definitely. And um, thank you again. And we're actually going to have Mikey close us out right here. And that'll do it for this episode of the sports ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can follow me on X at Pinwizard300 and follow Tim at TimHawks23. Be on the lookout to receive the latest Hawks coverage from us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.